0: Morgan Riley is going to have an in-person hearing Tuesday, which I think everybody expected. I hope everybody had a great weekend, uh, a nice Super Bowl weekend. I hope everybody took in that big game. It was an exciting football game. I'm going to ask Brennan about that in a little bit. Uh, quick shout-out to Brennan. Thank you for being here Monday. Um, yes, sir. A little bit of a late start for us, but no big deal. We um, we are chugging along here. So Morgan Riley is having his in-person hearing tomorrow afternoon uh, for cross-checking Ridley Gregg in the face after the... Since 5-3 win Saturday. We all saw the slap shot in the empty net uh, from the, basically the crease. Um, Morgan Riley took exception to all of that. Uh, Sheldon Keith throws Ryan Reeves over the boards for the last face-off there with five seconds left in the game. That was an interesting twist and added some dramatics uh, following the melee. Um, so the we all know the hearing in person offered – to Morgan Riley creates the option for a six game suspension or more that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go that far when it comes to it. Um my personal opinion on the matter was it was really well noted around the sen- Senators locker room after that game that um they they couldn't really stand up for Ridley Greg in that situation. You heard Claude Giroux in hockey night in Canada. Um, there was also a quote from Josh Norris where he said it was a bit tricky of a spot that if it were the other way around that they probably would have reacted the same way. I think everybody is of that opinion too. Um, and because of that, I don't think the suspension should be more than three games for Morgan Riley, um, we'll see. I I wouldn't be surprised if the NHL decides to use this as a uh, shifting point as far as how it's delegated these types of suspensions in the past and try and hammer down Morgan Riley with a five, six, seven game suspension. Um, Seven might be a bit to the extreme of that, but um, if they use him as an example, then maybe that's how they're going to decide to use that as the standard going forward. So, um, we'll probably have a decision by tomorrow when the Maple Leafs host the St. Louis Blues. Um, the it was a really good weekend for the St. Louis Blues. I think I'll, I think I'm going to jump there next. So uh, they won three one Saturday in Buffalo, and then they took care of Montreal on Super Bowl Sunday yesterday, seven to two. Uh, that was a really impressive performance from Tori Krug, five assists, St. Louis Blues franchise record uh, for most uh, points by a D man in one game. That was awesome uh, to watch. And I Tori Krug has had a tough go of it I think in St. Louis. Um, some players definitely have that have gone there to either augment and replace players that were a part of that Stanley Cup winning core in 2019. Um, and then other guys that they've brought in on flyers like Jake Branna and Kasperi Capitan um so they they've had flashes of good but it's been kind of a struggle i also think of justin falk who's been pretty reliable for them over the course of his time there i think they would have been in a lot worse spot without justin falk but um i don't know that he was necessarily the replacement for alex petrangelo that i thought that doug armstrong may have thought he would have been when they when he brought him in um but uh so just it's been going really well in st louis under drew bannister they've won seven of it seven of eight um and whether it's bennington or hofer in net, it's been good results lately um they're they're bringing up guys nathan walker i want to do a deep dive on him i'll do a deep dive on him eventually um especially if he continues to score like this he scored again yesterday um jake neighbors is in that cy young race i think he's at 18 goals right now um and not that many assists. He's definitely under 10. Um, so the Blues are impressive. I th- I They're thoroughly in a playoff race. That includes a struggling L.A. team that got a big win on Saturday. But still, you never know how some of these things could shake up. And uh, the teams behind them in the race that are chasing, like, Seattle and Calgary are uh, maybe not as much of a threat as potentially some of the teams in the East to jump into the, the remaining wildcard spots. So... Uh, good things going in St. Louis right now. We'll see them. That should be an exciting game tomorrow night in Toronto. Um, so we will we will keep an eye on that. Um, speaking of records, Alex Ovechkin scored his NHL all-time leading 57th empty net goal in the Capitals' 3-0 win over the Bruins on Saturday afternoon. He uh, scored again yesterday when the Caps fell 3-2 to Vancouver in overtime um four straight games with a goal for Ovi he now sits at 13 this year and 835 on his career so the Gretzky chase is back on it seems for them for the time being uh Ovechkin might be back and uh JT Miller scored in overtime for the Canucks dying seconds overtime there um ended that one Sunday uh no Nikita Zadorov in that game he was uh setting out the first of a two-game suspension for his cross check to the or check to the head I got I still got Morgan Riley and Ridley Gregg on my mind, but uh, he, he hit Lucas Raymond in the head on Saturday afternoon. And that um, was a a tough play. It wasn't as discriminant as the uh, Morgan Riley one, but you, you could see he definitely got in there with the, with the head and he, he's going to set out two games for that one. So he will be back for Vancouver's rematch for Detroit uh, against Detroit later this week. So, um, I guess we can get into it. Brandon. There, there was a football game last night. Were you Were you happy with the result or the outcome at all? Like, what did you What was your take on the Super Bowl Do you have any? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really like either of the teams, like most people. And I had a few bets going. I narrowly lost my main one, my main six leg parlay, because I wanted Brock Purdy to throw an interception, and he didn't. But I don't know. I had the Chiefs that game, and they won, so to no surprise. I, I don't know. I just kind of got to tell people I told you so because I didn't understand why people thought the Niners would win. But, yeah, that was about it. It was a good game, though. It was a good game. I mean, like, as someone that's not a football guy, I, I was really into it, and especially by the end when it went to overtime, and it, I, I thought it was a thrilling game to be real with you. Yeah, it started off really slow, but, you know, when it got right down to it, it was pretty much all you could ask for when it comes to a football game. I didn't pay attention much to the first half, I have to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why you would say it was a good game, because that was kind of lackadaisical, the first half was. Fair enough. I'm sure uh, Zach will do more of a deep dive on it tomorrow, so check it, check that out, Uh Deep Fade with Zach Elliott, and uh, Raven will be in tomorrow. So, uh, that that should be good. I just wanted to make sure you got a little bit of uh your your Super Bowl takes off off <laughs> yeah. your chest. A little preview, yeah. Um, as far as hockey games go, we will see four tonight on the board. Uh, most notably, the Calgary Flames at Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Rangers. Um, we're gonna have Johnny Lazarus on the program tomorrow, where uh, we'll do we'll have more of an in depth conversation on the Rangers. We'll uh, talk about Rangers Islanders Sunday outdoors at MetLife Stadium. That's gonna be really good. Uh, they also have a game against Montreal on Thursday, so we're going to talk about all of that with him tomorrow. He does great things. He's uh, all over the place when it comes to hockey. Uh, really good, really good work. So w- pump for that. Uh, but the the Rangers game against the Blackhawks that we talked about with Lee a little bit on Friday that ended up being a way more entertaining game than we thought. The Rangers were up three one, looked like they were going to skate away with an easy two points. Then Nick Foligno scores. Then Jason Dickinson scores with only 62 seconds left on the clock, and you could kind of feel the panic rise in the uh, in the Rangers. I know had won an OT on a pretty easy goal when all of a sudden done. That was a heck of a rip by him. Uh, but the Hawks definitely put a scare into the Rangers for for a bit of time. So um, nevertheless, the Rangers are home tonight, and we'll see them take on the Flames uh, that or. The Flames are a team that are suddenly rolling right now. I I think we can just put that out there. Uh, They've won four straight. They um, are one of only a couple of teams in the NHL that have won four straight, the other being the Rangers. So one streak will end tonight. However, um, Jacob Markstrom has been excellent recently. Andre Kuzmenko has scored in his first two games as a Flame. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau seems to be playing a lot better lately. Um, Mackenzie Wieger had a hat trick on on uh, Saturday afternoon who would have now who would have thought that Mackenzie Weger would lead the NHL in goals by a defenseman at this point in the season if you had that on your bingo card I will probably call you a liar because I don't know um, that anybody really expected this out of Mackenzie Weger this season maybe we should have uh, expected this a bit more he had a stellar performance for Canada at the world championships last year and I know a lot of people say that maybe we shouldn't put too much stock into what happens at the world championships we know that it's during the Stanley Cup playoffs that a lot of players deny the uh, invitation to go and represent their country, especially at some of the the top nations like USA, Canada, and Sweden and Finland. Some pla- Finland t- players tend to go more. Sweden players tend to go more. Um, and we're talking about, like, high-end national hockey leaguers going over to the Worlds to compete. Um, but Mackenzie Wieger went over there last year. Canada dominated. Uh, he was very good. And now he's come back and seems rejuvenated, seems to be really taking that next step after the the shocking trade that sent him and Jonathan Huberdeau from Florida to Calgary. Um, it, it seems to have settled in for Mackenzie Weger. And if he can be that cornerstone defenseman along with Rasmus Anderson and giving the Flames like that one-two punch on the back end... Calgary might be more of in a position to take a Vancouver like jump next season, if they can really adjust some of these younger players we've talked about and integrate them well into the lineup. We continue to see steps from players like Connor Zary and Jacob Peltier and uh, even Martin Pasposil taking on more of an uh, advanced role on the team. Um, Calgary could be a lot better next year than we than we admit. So tonight's game should be a really good one. Um, we're also going to see Seattle will visit the Devils tonight. Uh, battle of two teams fighting for their playoff lives at the moment. Uh, Seattle's playing their first game back from the break. So um, we'll see. The Devils had a tough loss. Uh, 1-0 in overtime to the Hurricanes, or should I say the Hartford Whalers, uh, Saturday night. That was a, a great game. P- uh, Peter Kachekov was excellent in that one. Sebastian Aho, the overtime winner, batting it out of the air. That was really cool. Um, but just a really high-skilled play. I don't know. Uh, at what point we, Sasha Barkov is always this kind of player where um, th- always talked about being the most underrated player in the league. And then you're talked about being that so much that eventually you just become rated and everybody knows that you're excellent. And I think everybody knows that Sasha Barkov is excellent right now. Um, Sebastian Ajo is one of the few players that voiced displeasure in the um, selective 12 person million dollar race for the skills competition he wanted to be a part of that he felt uh excluded um i don't know if his desired option was to incorporate more of the players into it or if he just wanted to be in that group of 12 um i know a lot of people in the nhl like there there are players players right Play your favorite players, favorite player uh nikita kucherov is one of those i think sebastian aho is one of those players so Uh, Really high-skilled play by him and uh, a really good performance by Peter Kachekov, uh, too. Uh, Ranta is hurt, so Spencer Martin's been the backup for Carolina and will be for at least a couple weeks. So I think it's really important that Peter Kachekov plays well. So if he can keep that up, that would be really solid for the Hurricanes. Um, 34, save shutout for him. Uh, We'll also see the Coyotes take on the Flyers tonight, and Minnesota's in Vegas to play the VGK. So... um, It appears, I want to talk about a little bit, the Edmonton and Los Angeles game from Saturday night. It uh, One appears we're getting close to a Victor Arvidsson season debut in LA, so that is something to keep an eye on, something that is pretty exciting if you're a Los Angeles Kings fan. But um, this might really be the year of the new coaches bounce. Well, more than anything we've seen before, and we've seen new coaches that have been brought in midseason go on to win Stanley Cups, but... I think around the league, we're seeing this used as more of a tool than ever before. Um, so the the freshest team to let go of their coach, the Los Angeles Kings, played their first game with Jim, Jim Hiller behind the bench. Um, and they played the team that arguably have had the biggest new coach bounce in the Edmonton Oilers. And the Oilers, who were coming off a very impressive performance against the Anaheim Ducks Friday night, Evander Kane has a hat trick, couldn't have come out at a better time for that guy. Um, they go into Los Angeles, like I said, Jim Hiller's debut and the Kings run him out of the building. I mean, I didn't see a very inspired effort from some of the players on the Edmonton Oilers. I know it wasn't Connor McDavid's best game, but, um, the Kings were flying from start to finish. Clearly a very determined group. Pierre-Luc Dubois scores, which I think is everything that the Los Angeles Kings and their fans wanted to see. Uh, Quentin Byfield looked excellent. He had two and one. Uh, Dave Riddick had a 26-save shutout. Um, I think it wasn't so much about the shutout, though, just the fact that someone between the pipes looked really solid. I think even if he had let in one or two, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Um, but to be honest uh, and blunt, LA needed this one bad. Uh, we'll see how long the Jim Hillard bump lasts going forward and what kind of staying power this has uh, if it turns into a Edmonton-like 16 game win streak or even something like the st louis blues where we talked about them earlier they won seven of eight they're just playing a lot better brand of hockey right now more detailed more committed to um playing that 200 foot game and really uh committing like i said just committing to the finer details of how to win hockey games and what it takes and uh we'll see if we see that out of la we've certainly seen it out of st louis recently so um the kings will be in buffalo tomorrow that should be a good one we all saw how that the Los Angeles-Buffalo game went earlier when they played in Los Angeles earlier a few weeks ago. Uh, we we all remember the Drew Doughty quote, "The we're all looking for cookies here. Uh, everybody thought it was going to be a cookie night. So uh, the Kings will be in Buffalo tomorrow. That should be a good game. Uh, Buffalo is a team that everybody's going to have their eyes on, depending on how these next few weeks go. And uh, they could be a big they could be a big buyer and I don't mean buying for a push this season but buying I could see potentially a movement for a bigger piece overall that might just be like a big play I don't know if anybody's going to do something big keep keep your eyes on the Buffalo Sabres um, win or lose but I think they would like to see more consistency in the way they play Uh they, they had that really good game against Dallas last week but um they've dropped a couple tight ones too so I think they want to just see those one two score games flip out into the win side of the uh the column for them so um we'll see if Los Angeles can build on that and it's also for Edmonton on the other side of that game uh big week for them they'll host Detroit tomorrow they visit St. Louis Thursday and then Saturday after- afternoon they'll be in Dallas so tough week ahead for the Edmonton Oilers um and it's uh yeah, I mean I'm excited to see a Victor Arvidson debut for Los Angeles too. I think that's going to give them a lot more scoring depth and um, we'll we'll see We'll see how it we'll see how it goes for Los Angeles. Um, we had our first PWHL trade. Uh, that happened Sunday evening just before the Super Bowl. Uh, Sophie Jock is headed to PWHL Minnesota for Ford Susanna Tapani and defenseman Abby Cook. Jock was picked 10th overall by Boston in the draft. She, she signed a three-year deal. Um Minnesota was a team that clearly needed some help on defense. Uh it was looking a little thin behind Lee line Um Boston needed a little bit of scoring. Tapani has the ability to um provide a little bit of an offensive punch there depending on where she slides in the lineup, maybe tries to unlock a Boston offense that certainly can score more goals but has had trouble doing so through the early goings of the PDW season. Um and, uh I I think Abby Cook is gonna provide um some good defensive depth for where Boston they're a team that has that high-end defense um and they felt that they, they were able to move on from a piece like Jacques. so um we'll we'll see how that goes um draft picks are not uh allowed to be traded or anything yet so a lot of these PWHL trades are going to be touch and go for a little while here um i don't really understand the the logic behind not being able to trade draft picks yet i don't know if it's that um the league wants these teams to curate a young player base um that is going to make things tricky as far as incorporating them into the lineup because there's only there, there are certain rules as far as reserve players and how many players you're allowed to carry um, both on your active and non-active roster in the PWHL. So um, it's not like there's a minor league system to send them off to. So um, the player movement in the PWHL is going to be very interesting this year. There are a lot of players that have expressed interest that uh, are currently playing overseas that were either in contracts already that got picked in the draft or might be just free agents in general this year uh, trying to make that move over here. Um and also you're going to have a, a, an amateur draft of some sort of the the women that are moving on from the college level. Uh, we all expect um, Sarah Fillier to be drafted first overall in this upcoming draft. But um, the fact that they can't move draft picks is a little tricky. So we're going to see a lot more of these. I mean, all, all trades have to be player for player in that instance. But um, just seeing how these teams trade for need and what kind of moves these are making and how they affect roster spots in both cities. So um, you also have to feel for some of these players, too. This is a brand-new league that um, there's been a lot of instability around women's hockey, obviously, as we know, in the lead-up to this creation of the PWHL. So players have been bouncing around. Their their home base has maybe been a little bit more settled than it had been if they were playing professional hockey, but um, a lot of players have certainly bounced around for the cause, too, um obviously either in the pwhpa hub cities that they had if it weren't if it wasn't close to where they were it was also like a traveling party of sorts we all know so um it's been really hard for players to establish a home base for themselves where they're going to uh could work on their craft and focus on their craft and also contribute to the hockey community there the growth of hockey in that community um we all know everybody tries their best but um when, when you're unable to establish roots in a place it's hard to really dig in and one focus on what you need to do as an individual uh to prepare yourself and get better as a hockey player and two, like i said to uh insert yourself into helping others right so um we know that a lot of players were excited to finally establish roots in a city so to then uh pick up and have to move like so soon it, it's a tough it's a tough pill to swallow Where about six weeks into this league, everybody. So so to have to move across uh, it from east to midwest or midwest to east, it's, uh, it's a tricky one. So you feel for the players involved. It's definitely going to be uh, probably more interesting than just it's uh, the first player-for-player player swap we have in the PWHL history. Um, just seeing how all of it works as far as the moving and the helping players get accustomed to a new city like this in the middle of a season that just began when these players just got things like leases and uh, you know packed up the trucks and moved everything from home or wherever they were before, so um, first first trade in PWHL city plus a lot of these players like they 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 started on PTOS. It, it's going to be very interesting. I it, it's a story to watch for sure. Um, Lots of big games in the NHL tonight, but also this week. Uh, I mentioned the outdoor games that we have at MetLife uh, Saturday, Sunday. That should be really exciting. We'll get Rangers, Flyers on our Rangers, Islanders on Sunday, and we'll get Flyers, Devils on Saturday. Uh, we're gonna talk about that with Johnny Lazarus tomorrow um, and what that all will be like. I'm sure he'll be there. Um, Yarmir Jaeger is getting his number 68 up to the rafters in Pittsburgh on Saturday. They'll host LA. Um, and we'll get a Red Wings Canucks rematch Thursday. You, um, the the most disappointing thing about the the Morgan Riley, Ridley Greg situation is that we won't get those two teams playing again this year, to see what the see what the reaction might have been. Now I could definitely see that being a incident that carries over into next season. However, with the uh, Lucas Raymond and Nikita Zadorov we there wasn't a, a big scrum after that we obviously saw the Alex de fight uh Alex de Alex de Brinket fight Ian Cole my gosh um but that that was definitely a size miss, mismatch there but uh the there's no love lost between those two teams it was a heated game Saturday and we're going to get them uh, again this Thursday so um quick update on the Olympic qualifiers so um that the Olympic qualifying window just uh closed. Um I want to give a quick shout out to the three countries that advanced. They are Great Britain, Japan and Ukraine. They all won their groups, so they're going to move on. Great Britain was the only home uh host country that won their group. Um the others uh were Hungary and uh Poland. So, um it was uh really exciting to watch. I mean, the we The countries that have already qualified, first of all, they're Canada, Finland, Russia, if they are allowed in, the United States, Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, Czech, Czechia, and Italy as the host. So uh, we will keep an eye. The, the final uh, group is later on in the summer. The group D is Slovakia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine. Uh, group E is Latvia, France, Austria, Japan. And group F is Denmark, Norway, Slovenia, and Great Britain. All of which should be really competitive groups. The hockey was good in the last weekend. There there were some blowouts. Obviously, I want to give a shout out to um to China. They won their last game against Serbia seven to five on Sunday. That was a really exciting game. Uh the Chinese team coached by a friend of mine and they went into that window without any of the they only had three players that played for them on the twenty twenty-two Olympics team that was in Beijing and those players were played sparingly so the fact that they were able to go in there and get third place in that group was a very impressive feat uh, there were some good teams in that group obviously Great Britain won that group and moved on but um, they were a juggernaut they had um, NHL draft pick Liam Kirk on the team uh, Kate Nielsen who's playing at Alaska Anchorage so um, a lot of good players there for Great Britain so it's going to be a tough challenge for China to move on and also uh Spain too they went 0 3 but they scored in every game they this, this was their golden generation as far as homegrown talent for Spain they did not bring in a lot of imports if any i don't think they might have had one or two playing in the uh the LNIH which is um or the LNAH i'm sorry the League National Hockey Hielo which is um the ice hockey league in Spain uh, yellow is snow in spanish from what i understand um so uh they they only used a couple of imports and they moved on um japan also is a really impressive feat for them they have a good league there's a good hockey culture in japan they've played nhl games in japan before in the preseason um there there is competitive hockey there we've seen a japanese NHLer before there are our Japanese players dotted around junior hockey leagues, the WHL, the uh, USHL here, and even the NAHL. Um, Japan's got a good thing going. So uh, good to see all those countries move on. The next round of qualifying should be very exciting. This is probably where some of these NHL players that play for some of these countries will mix in, too, in the summertime. Uh, I could see a player like Matt Zuccarello and Nikolai Ehlers going to represent uh, Norway and Denmark, respectively. Um I could definitely see some of the French players joining their squad as well as Latvians. Um, So it'll make for an interesting round of qualifying. And if not, if those NHL players don't join, then maybe some of these other countries like Great Britain and Japan who just uh, won to get into this next round, they might have a shot of even moving on to the Olympics. So uh, it will be an interesting race to see how that will go. Um, I think that'll do it for us today. Uh, We're going to keep it nice and short and tight here. Uh, Not a lot of hockey tonight, um, but a lot of exciting hockey this week. So uh, thank you to Brennan for coming in today. Um, We will see everybody tomorrow, and I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. And enjoy the hockey tonight, everybody.